This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode 150. 150. It feels like a, that's a bit of a milestone. But before we get to that, I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always is my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. Hello, Adam. 150. 150. Did we ever think we would get this far? Nope. But I'm, <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, we set a streak of one. And then we went, <laughs> every week we set a new streak of one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're continuing. Well, it's just like the push-ups now. We've been doing our 100 push-ups per day mm-hmm. for well over a year now. Yeah. And I have not done my 100 push-ups maybe three days out of that time mm-hmm. period. But there have been several days when I did like 200, <laughs> right? Right. So on average, I have def- definitely done more than 100 pushups per day over the last year plus now. So mm-hmm. I like it. I like the results. You know, like I'm not like super jacked and everything, but my yeah. upper body is definitely in better shape and it doesn't feel like you know, a lot of impact, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when I was doing like tons of Aikido and Krav Maga at the same time, mm-hmm. a lot of upper body work, I was probably in comparable shape, mm-hmm. but I'm not as bruised or broken as I was back then. No, no, it's not nearly as, as taxing as on everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some, some people are like, well, you hurt your shoulders. You're doing that. Well, I'm not saying do a hundred straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that will hurt your shoulders. Absolutely. It can. I mean, until you get good at it. And then, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people who can bust out a hundred pushups for, you know, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it, it turns the, the man boobs back into pecs. Turns the moobs into pecs. (laughs) Moobs into pecs. (laughs) (sighs) So that's, that's the new, that's the episode title right there. Turning the man boobs moobs into pecs. I love it. So what's new in the world of Adam these days? Oh, well, we got back from family vacation. So had 12 days out West. Um, That was fun with, uh, you know, just the four of us. So our immediate Mm -hmm. family and uh, we had a good time and um, it was nice and cool out West. Ah. So we were in, in uh, Wyoming and South Dakota and Colorado in the mountains and hiking and seeing the sights. And 4th of July, we were in uh, South Dakota and um, at Mount Rushmore. And, Ooh. you know, can't get more patriotic than that. <laughs> that doesn't get much. No, I saw you sent me a couple of pictures from time to time. I was like, hey, that's Mount Rushmore. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never been there before. Um, there, were, there were plenty of people out there and mm-hmm. out and about uh i wouldn't say for that area i would say they probably consider that to be really crowded for yeah. a bostonian um i would say you'd be like this is this is perfect this is Open i've got space. so much room 
<laughs> well, keep in mind, I did grow up in Vermont where three people in the same square mile was considered a crowd. But yeah. Right, right. But <laughs> if you have experienced big city, you, you, uh, know what a, you know what a real crowd is. <laughs> I worked in Midtown and in the World Trade Center, the busiest place on earth. I know crowds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, you, you, was, mentioned, you mentioned the cool coolness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And last night, as I was going to bed, I made the mistake of listening to the latest episode of Cyber. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, vice.com's uh, tech podcast. Mm -hmm. And the title was, it's not the heat, it's the humidity that's killing us. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's well, they talked... They talked about the the the, um, the 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 phenomenon known as wet bulb conditions, which is temperatures and humidity levels at which humans spontaneously die because yeah. of the temperature. Because essentially, you don't sweat anymore. Sweating becomes ineffective because of the humidity level. It's like being in a sauna, exactly. Uh -huh. Essentially. And when that happens is you can't shed body heat and you have heat stroke and boom, done. So uh, the concern is that because of global warming, or if you want to call it climate change, this is becoming more of a common thing. And now they're predicting like in the next 10 to 20 years, we may have climate refugees showing up. That, that is, well, yes. That is, uh, that is my business opportunity that I'm trying to figure out. That will happen. Mm -hmm. The ice caps are melting. Yep. The glaciers are melting. That's a fact. We are in climate change or global warming, whatever you want to call it. We are 10,000 years outside of an ice age. And we're not, we don't appear to be going back into an ice age. So there's only going to be more water. So all of these things that are on the ocean right now will be wet geologically <laughs> soon. <laughs> so it's going to say, so what do we do? Buy boats? I don't know. That That is exact. We see a need. We see a problem. Now we have to come up with a solution. What's the solution? That's where mm -hmm. the money is. <laughs> there you go. That also may be where life is, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, You know, brother. at one point, our entire planet was covered in water. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm. so it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Well, sure. there we go. Let's just let's let, let that hang for a minute just to give people a second to digest this. <laughs> and then we can start to move on to something else. <laughs> yeah. So the <sighs> but talking about the humidity uh, out west. What was nice about that was it was 75, um, sometimes 80, mm -hmm. but the humidity was 35%. Yeah. It was so pleasant. Uh, yeah. And now on the other, the other side of that is it was very drying. Um, a, a very mild hike. I drank two liters of water. Hmm. I mean, I, I, nor I mean, I, I drink normally two liters of water on a six-mile hike up 7,000 feet elevation. Uh, I, but I drink that normally, like, in a, in a day. That's my minimum. Yeah. Well, so we started out 
at the highest point in Tennessee in our elevation out west. Okay. We started at 7,700 feet above sea level and went all the way up to 1,400 feet above sea level at Pikes Peak. That's impressive. Yeah. So uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that that elevation, I mean, I've been at elevation. I go to Mexico, uh, but we kind of work our way into the elevation. So we start out in Mexico City and then we keep getting higher over a 24, 48 hour period. Uh, But we were just thrust into, you know, that height and then going higher. And um, I actually got lightheaded um, at 12,000 feet above sea level. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like I was going to faint and it didn't make me sick, but I just felt, I was like, eh, my head's a, a couple little... miles up there, man. That's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is pretty slimy. I'm just going to make sure I drink lots of water. Uh, if I do ever, fe- I never did feel faint, but if I ever do feel faint, you know, there's, there's things I know to do to not pass out, you know, <laughs> so do those things, just be conscious and yeah, had a good time. But there were some people who were in less shape than me. And I was like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I'm not carrying you up that hill. Yeah. We're back we'll down. Roll, we'll roll you down, but I'm not carrying you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, brother. So have you, um, did you submit and apply your application for forgiveness of your payroll protection plan loan? The original, like back in 2020? Yes. First draw. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I applied, I received it, you know, everything, it all processed through my, through 2020. uh, I just, I just submitted mine. I was not able for a second draw because I actually saw an uptick in business as opposed to down. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even take a second draw. I mean, I didn't even, well, one, I didn't apply. Because right. same um, for the first one, nobody knew who yeah. knew what was going to oh, happen. Yeah. You know, so I I felt like I I needed to do this for the, you know the the vitality of my company. I couldn't take a chance. Yep. Uh, but then you know from my standpoint, everything was up. IT was up, and as far as I could tell, it was only going to continue to go up. So mm-hmm. I didn't pursue the second one. Honestly, I was like, I don't feel right about yeah. requesting it because I don't need it. There are people yep. who need it. I don't yep. need it. Let the people in need have it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Ah, all right. Well, what else we got? Should we jump right into our main topic? Well, yeah, I guess so. It's been a it's been an interesting um, last two weeks for cybersecurity for me. <laughs> Are you using Kaseya these days? Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Oh, well, my condolences. <laughs> so the good thing is um, we did not have, so, well, our, our server is, um, it's an on-premise server, and the on-premise servers were the ones who were compromised. Kaseya's uh, uh-huh. cloud services, my last thing that I heard was they were not at risk. They were never at risk. Kaseya, um, they didn't have the same vulnerabilities as the on-prem right. servers. Yep. 
So our servers were hosted by our cooperative group, the 20, uh, and they, they did, ours were not compromised. They were never touched. They, I mean, they were like everybody else. If, I mean, they could, I think that they could have been compromised if they had been a target. Uh, but uh, they were not none of our clients. I actually don't even know anybody who is actually breached. I do know people who know people who were breached. Right. Um, but I, I don't know any, so I was very grateful. You know, it was like, I mean, what do you, there's nothing, there was nothing I could do. I mean, it's, it wasn't Turn stuff off. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, that's what we did. We turned the servers off. Uh, yeah. But what I mean is there was nothing that I could do as a company to have prevented the problem. I Except didn't use a different vendor who didn't get breached. Well, yeah, but, but who is that? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> you know, solar winds got breached. Well, yep. they was like, yeah, yeah, not us. <laughs> and yep. uh, this time, this time, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's all about this time, you know, and that's the scary thing is like, well, there's, like I said, there was nothing that I could have done. I couldn't have conceived of the questions to ask without having some sort of insight. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have come up with them on my own. Mm -hmm. You know, it was third party patching, essentially. Uh, And there was nothing I could do about that because that part was being outsourced to another company who was doing it. and, And they didn't they didn't do anything wrong either, yep. you know, cause the 20, they, they are doing diligent patching. They, you know, every, every Tuesday um, it's, I don't remember what the Tuesday it's not, it doesn't match up with Microsoft. I think it's Thursday. You know, I get an email saying reminder tonight's the VSA server patches and updates, you know, so <laughs> it, the, we were doing all the things that we could do that we thought was right and yep. still wasn't enough. And, and this is why supply chain attacks are so successful because there's nothing you can do about it. You know, yeah. all you can do is wait for your vendor to fix that. So, so what do you mean by a supply chain attack, Peter? <laughs> well, I mean, funny, you should mention that, Adam. <laughs> um, essentially, uh, you know, Kaseya was the system or the the company or the software platform that got attacked in this case but they weren't the real target the real target was people like you and your customers Mm -hmm. who are the ones with the software installed so you know kaseya was just a gateway into wherever just like solar winds you know solar winds when they got breached they were used to get a foothold into things like oh i don't know the department of defense <laughs> so yeah interesting times that we're living in here um but yeah that's what a uh, that's what a, a supply chain attack is is uh, when you go after you go after somebody upstream, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know? So if you think of you and your customers are downstream and upstream from you is Kaseya, mm-hmm. if you pollute the, the water at the Kaseya level, your water gets polluted as well. Yeah. Well, and you know, the other scary part of those things is if somebody got into Kaseya um, or, or anything, anything at the head of the supply chain, like you said, and was able to push software 
you could push software to hundreds of thousands of computers that does nothing nefarious today. Today. Waits for, you know, it's the files today are, you could write a little file that could be 50K that would sit on a location somewhere that doesn't Mm -hmm. activate for a year. (laughs) Yep. And that's the thing, you know, we see dwell time like that. Um, the, the average dwell time of attackers did go down dramatically recently. However, it is still like usually in the, you know, in the case of months mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, it used to be close to like a year mm-hmm. a while ago. So it's good that it's down, but it's still up there. Mm-hmm. Well, if I were going to, if I were going to do something like that, you know, hacks, I mean, put a, put a virus out there, I would want to immediately, as soon as it hit, immediately start doing what it needs to do before anybody ever has any opportunity to write anything against it or wait, let's just wait and see how big this payload could get. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would tend to lean towards that, you know, yep. Just because. Yep. Keep it growing. Just because. Just because. <laughs> but the thing is, the longer you just wait, the longer the good guys have a chance to find you right. and detect you. You know. Right. So that's the thing: is you got to measure that. How long do you want to stay hidden versus, you know, when is the the opportune time to jump? So. Go big or go home. There you go. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Hey, All right. What I else? Thought of, I thought of something last week. So uh, cryptocurrency. Oh, that again. Oh, that again. So cryptocurrency, uh, you made you made money on that. I lost money on that. Uh, I bought high and sold low. Um, yeah, try the opposite next time. Okay. I, that's, I knew I had something wrong. So. It, it'll work better the other way around <laughs> for you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so... I did that wrong and did not do well and got out of it. I, I mean, I lost 50% of what I put in it, but I didn't put in an awful lot. So, well, I was just going to say, how much were we talking? Was this a ton or was this a play money? Uh, it, it was more than I wanted. I didn't want to lose it. <laughs> well, you never want to lose money. Right. I mean, yeah. if you do that, you can just like start lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills or something. Yeah. Yeah. I won't do that. So yeah, it was, it was painful enough that I went, dang, but dang. It, it was dang. It wasn't a curse word. It was just dang. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. I could have had a good time with that money. Instead. I didn't. <laughs> Instead, I didn't. There you go. But so what I got is I got a, um, an email from my financial advisor. It was a blast. To everybody and he was he was talking about the percentage of businesses that will even accept cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and you know the it was there were it was point with four zeros in front of it one <laughs> percent of businesses will even accept cryptocurrency mm-hmm. it was pretty much saying why would you put your 100% spendable dollars that will spend anywhere in the world with any business into cryptocurrency and limit your spending opportunity. 
I'm like, heck yeah, he's right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's just it. Yeah, the idea is you don't you don't put it in there as a vehicle for purchasing power. You're putting it in there as an investment, and you're hoping to you know make mm. money on it right now. So, yeah. unless of course you are a ransomware operator, yeah. like our evil, and you're just cashing in and using that's how you get paid. That's different. That's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know the yeah it it makes no it makes no sense i mean we've got a good fiat system let's use it <laughs> yeah but you know the fiat system is it's no different from this other fiat system <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah i uh, that was something i learned in my macroeconomics class was interesting about how like um you know, when uh, Roosevelt decided to uh, go off the gold standard mm -hmm. about they were just making up the rates and the conversion rates and stuff. It was just like, this sounds good. What do you think? You know, like 0.73. Yeah, that's good. Sounds fair. Yeah. And literally, that was, it was it was fascinating. It was, this is was a really interesting conversation that was in um, it was on some NPR podcast. I forget where they did the research on this. Okay. But literally, when they decided to move off the gold standard, they were just making up the rates. This is what we'll charge. This is what will you know, the Federal Reserve will charge on interest rates. Does that sound good. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, it didn't we didn't want to make it like a perfectly round number because that would seem too obvious. So we, you know, like they chose, chose these, you know, like semi odd numbers. And so I was just like, dude, that is wow. Isn't that what wow. we're doing now? I mean, we take trillion dollars here, Peter, here's a trillion dollars. Well, thank you, Adam. How many we like to think that there's a little more theory in this now because, you know, we're following macroeconomic theory and trying to manage in inflation, implosion, implosion, inflation, <laughs> trying to manage. <laughs> that, that was a Freudian slip if I ever. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Freudian slip is in case listener, in case you don't know, that's when you say one thing, but you mean your mother. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in inflation. Uh, but, you know, like we're following the business cycle and unemployment will ebb and flow. And, you know, so I, this was a few classes ago, but I took a macro macroeconomics class for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I learned how that works. And, you know, so essentially they're they're adjusting these interest rates and stuff so as to make the um, uh make the the unemployment rate go up or down accordingly and you know that's why we're we're doing this mm -hmm. now we being the federal reserve mm -hmm. um but that brings us on to our next topic uh speaking of classes so mm -hmm. uh two weeks ago i finished my class on critical inquiry which critical i've inquiry. raved about on this class on this podcast before and i'm still using it i'm i'm definitely revisiting and reappropriating some of the notes and lectures from my teacher and incorporating those into the team of analysts that i manage for for one of my clients mm -hmm. um but also now um i started my last class my final class in finishing my degree in is and uh, that started on uh, july 5th nice. and i also uh finished all of the assignments on july 5th well, how'd you do that, Peter? <laughs> well, it's pace yourself. Pace it's a seven-week accelerated class. My girlfriend was out of town that weekend. The weather was horrible. So I essentially sat inside and just cranked out 
one assignment after another. <laughs> and the only thing I have left to do are the discussion posts, which I need to sign in for every week and just, you know, but I've written all of mine. I've written them all. So I just need to post them. And then I have to reply to other people. So I could even have posted all seven of my initial posts mm -hmm. and could have submitted all my assignments. I didn't submit all of them. I did submit a couple of assignments a week early that I just, don't want to fly that far above, you know, under radar or above radar. I don't want to make that much of a scene, you know, so I'm just going to like dole them out as I go along. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have to participate in the discussion and, mm -hmm. you know, show some engagement over the next five weeks <laughs> to yeah. go. So, so then but, after this class, you'll have your degree. I'll have my degree. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. And then what do I do after that? I have no idea. Yeah. So, now, but now you can get a job. Yeah, great. Perfect. What an idea. That's great. Uh, I am, though, the next thing I am studying, and I've actually already started this since I finished all the work for this class, mm -hmm. is I am studying, um, setting up to get my AWS certifications. Hey, this is that's so something. Good. Yeah. So this is something I had started back in 2016. And then I got uh, got the contract with the hospital and that pretty much took a lot of my time. And since they were my main engagement and they're very cloud averse, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to focus a lot of time on cloud right now. Mm -hmm. um, so the good news is, though, is I purchased this AWS training back in 2016 um, and it was updated in 2020 and I have access to the updated content. Okay. So that's pretty slick. So I'm starting with just the, the, the baseline AWS, I think it's associate or something like that, um, you know, the entry level certification. And then um, I will also then pursue from there the AWS uh, security consultant or security something or other certification. So, so that's my next target. See, we, well, we focused on Microsoft uh, for yep. ours. Um, Azure. Now, now, I was going to say, did you focus on Azure or Azure? Uh, or was it Azure? It was Azure. It was Azure. Oh, okay. That, that's interesting. That's the other one that I've heard of, Azure. You know, that was the one I considered. But I've never considered uh, training or getting certification in Azure or in Azores. Azores. Yeah. They're, they're the next thing after a, or before a Bezor. Uh, yeah. And somewhere near Spain, I think. <laughs> uh, I just I just hate it like when we have words that are like you know these words predated their common use in yeah. technology but now that they're becoming you know appropriated we have to pronounce them differently and yeah. make up like I don't know how to pronounce that so I'm gonna go with this like you or you could look up how it's actually pronounced that that's yeah. another option when I was yeah when I was three I had a crayon and it was blue, and it said Azure. <laughs> there you go. So it didn't say Azure? It didn't say Azure. Huh, interesting. <laughs> okay. It didn't okay. have okay. the U with two dots over it to make it happy. <laughs> yes, an umlaut. <laughs> a happy a happy, happy U, exactly. <laughs> oh, brother. All right. What else we got besides certifications and my, my degree going away or showing right. up or something? Azure. Azure. Uh, <laughs> did you did you get some new earbuds? <laughs> the saga continues. So as you know, and we have spoken many times on the podcast, I am a fan of the Jabra Elite 65T 
earbuds. That's that's what I have. Now, if you're watching the uh, video, you'll notice that I have one in my right ear. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that I don't have one in my left ear. Right. And it's not because the right one is primary and the left is secondary, which is my only gripe about the, the Jabra's. Yeah. It's because uh, the other day, last weekend, I was out for a run with my, my running buddy. And I had, uh, since I was running with him, I took my earbuds out. I stuck them in my flip belt. And at somewhere along the run, one of them came out. <laughs> and I don't know if it was, you know, if it happened while I was running. I don't think so, because it was tucked in there fairly well. Um, I will put that down as a future nifty is my flip belt because I do generally like it, even though it did lose an ear, an earbud. Um, but I did lose one. Um, so I, I did retrace my steps, was not able to find it. I did not retrace all six miles of our run that day, but I did go back to the parking lot where his car was parked, where we, you know, got in and I figured maybe if I lost it there and he looked in his car and didn't find it. Um, but I did find a replacement left only one on eBay for 15 bucks. Huh. Yeah. Now this time you may recall the saga that I had last time uh, was amplified by the fact that I had forgotten that I had a warranty. Uh-huh. I did check the warranty this time does not cover lost or stolen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried. I tried. So I figured, you know what, for 15 bucks. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll do, I'll just do it. And again, I have a spare, I have a spare set now. So I have two pairs. Mm-hmm. So my, my original plan was, this one was just going to sit here with the computer because I am now using this. I did also buy a $9 USB to Bluetooth adapter. Mm -hmm. So now my seven-year-old desktop, which is still perfectly serviceable, has Bluetooth capability, whereas last week it did not. (laughs) And so I can do that and not have any echo or, you know, hissing or whatever from the, from the stereo speakers and stuff. So that's helpful. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So that was my saga, my the Jabra Elite 65T saga continuing. <laughs> Speaking of sagas continuing, <laughs> I won't go into all the details of my hate-hate relationship with AT&T Wireless. Uh-huh. I but they did less right now. Well, they did charge me $56, which includes the discounts for three days of service on my Apple Watch that I had in June. <laughs> Well, that's worth $56. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so AT&T, you are just on my list. You're on the I will never do business with you again list. Goodbye. Unless you somehow buy Verizon. It's not happening. Yeah. ConnectWise, they were on my list. And then, of course, they bought Continuum. You've yep. seen how that's going. <laughs> just like when you have to deal with the company it's insane months go by and they're like oh we don't know how to is someone helping you with this oh no one's helping with this hey do you still need help with this okay we'll get you someone another month goes by oh hey did you still need help with this like no don't don't worry eventually all of your customers will just go away it's cool yeah they'll they'll, they'll pass on or they'll pass on you <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm kind of stuck with them because I do still use them for Continuum, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. I have like three systems under their management right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's not core to what I do, so it's not that big a deal. But when I have to interface with the ConnectWise side of things, oh, it's painful. It's so painful. Yeah. Well, it saved our bacon 
the, the ConnectWise control. We, we put control on all computers mm-hmm. um, as well as Kaseya VSA. We can, yep. arm, we can get remote access to either way, but yep. we, Screen Connect is so easy. Now, do you have to, if you have met, if you have agents deployed with it, does it deploy automatically or do you have to push it out somehow? Uh, Kaseya or Screen Connect? Screen Connect. Uh, yeah, we have to, we, in, well, there may be ways to do it, but we install it manually as part okay. of it. We, because that's because using so I'm still like using the old continuum style, whereas when you used to put their agent on, they would automatically push out log me in along with their other stuff. Yeah, it's still not clear to me whether they're going to automatically push out screen connect to replace this or not. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. And I can't get an answer. Like they're, they, they, that was what I was, one of the questions I was asking them for literally months. And they just sent me to this document. I was like, this document does not answer my question. <laughs> this is why I'm asking. Yeah. Oh, we'll see if we can find someone. Oh, this person's not your account manager anymore. That's happened. Count it three times in the email chain where I'm trying to contact someone. <laughs> Person A contacts me. I reply, I don't get any response. I escalate. Person B comes back and says, oh, they're not here anymore. I can help you. Do you still have this problem? I reply, no answer. Person C comes in. This person is not here anymore. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) So apparently everybody is just making moves in jobs these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, the IT market is, well, is very difficult to fill a good position. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Right now, I'm having a very difficult time filling my system administrator need. Somebody yep. with ten years of experience. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who's so you're like a senior person. Senior, yeah. Ten uh, years is that's mm-hmm. a lot in today's job market. That's yeah. a lot. Well, I mean, a two year a two years system admin is a noob. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I generally, I mean, if you've been doing something for 10 years, that's, yeah. that's fairly, you know, that's ambitious. Let's just put mm. it that way. Yeah. But Amazon's grabbing them or oh, yeah. grabbing them. Uh, oh yeah. So they're, they're hard to get. Now I can get, I can get the, uh, the level ones, level two. There's tons of level ones. There's every, mm-hmm. you know, lots of those out there. The level twos are a little bit harder, but there, I have some of the things that I can appeal. I'm a better fit company wise for somebody yes. who wants a decent lifestyle at level two than yep. a Dell and Oracle and Amazon. I, you know, yep. I can beat them because yep. uh, I can beat them in price and I can beat them in, you know, good place to work now the system admin the senior system admin they can outprice me i mean yep. they may make it a worse place to work but they'll outprice me yep <laughs> yeah and that's and that's the thing too is um you know quality of life i'm gonna find an article that i read um uh we'll add this in to the uh the show notes but there was a uh, an article i think it was earlier this week about how um, the uh, someone has called for a four-day work week, and apparently Iceland is is pursuing this. 
Mm-hmm. So I will, I'm putting a link right in the show notes on that, but this was an interesting uh, article. And, uh, you know, like the thing is like, I have been long been a proponent of when, you know, you do your work, right? I don't care how long it takes to do, right? You know, mm-hmm. just, just do your work. But I, and I told that when I started working at the hospital, you know, I said, you know, if you're, if you're, desire is to have somebody sitting here in a chair and I can be sitting here and, you know, blowing bubbles in my milk, you know, not doing anything. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Or you can let me work on my own schedule and do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the flip side is that means, you know, the employer could conceivably pile on an infinite amount of work that you could never actually finish. And therefore you're always working, but you know, there's gotta be a little bit of a give and take. And, you know, when when it comes to that, how do you approach that? with your staff? Well, we have so much, we have so much work. They're, they're never, I mean, they're never done, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we try to, I mean, we, we do encourage people to step away. We encourage people to take their lunch. We do encourage people to learn other things. Uh, But as far as the workload goes, it's, there's, it's, there's never a lack of it. <laughs> right. So how do you approach, um, how, how do you, what was, how do you know when they're doing enough work? Is it well, three hours a week? Is it 60 hours a week? So we, we do calculate, uh, we do track, um, how many hours that they work. Uh, we don't necessarily, um, dictate, you know, well, this task should have only taken you two hours and it took you three. Oh my goodness. No, we don't, we don't count on that, but we do measure, we have to measure how much time a person is working so that we know when they need help, you know, so they, yeah, they do quantify their time as administrative or this, that, and the other. And then uh, the other side of that is billable, you know, and if all of a sudden, if somebody's billable 48 hours out of the week, they don't have enough time. That's a good, that's a good employee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're, they're a good employee, but actually they're not. They're Uh, overworked. They're overworked. (laughs) They, uh, a good employee to me is somebody who's billable, say 30 hours a week, because then they have time to do their administrative work. They have time to make phone calls. They have time to make emails. They have time to possibly write a script you know, rather than just fighting fires all day, fighting fires kills your brain. You didn't learn anything. You, you probably learned something. You probably learned how to fix that particular problem, but you didn't learn anything that you really wanted to learn. So for me, a healthy team is somebody who has all the work that they need to do, but then has to have some free time. They have to have some time to think and come up with new solutions of of these big pictures and they also need some time for free thought about their our clients problems because wait a minute so that domain controller was doing this i wonder if i did this that would fix that problem they if they don't have that time to wonder they'll never come up with the long-term solution (laughs) yeah and that gets to you know free thinking and critical inquiry and this this is a challenge that I and the the COO of this company that I'm going to be meeting with today are having is 
we have people who have technical skills, but they don't have independent and creative and critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, essentially, they're, they think that their job is to do exactly what they are told and push buttons. Yeah. I got news for you. I can automate that. Yeah. I don't need you to just come in and push buttons. I need you to, you know, push a button, think about the result, analyze it and take the appropriate action. Yeah. And I've had this discussion with the, the team of analysts that I manage for that hospital. It's like, you know, you guys need to look at stuff and like, you know, I can write you a playbook. And I love the, the analogy is like I say, you know, going back to my Krav Maga experience, I can teach you how to block a punch. I can teach you how to block a kick. I can teach you how to disarm a gun or a knife. But I can't tell you, like when you walk into the back, that back alley, when some guy jumps out at you, which one of those things and in which sequence you're going to need to apply them. You need to be able to do that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but the way these guys act, they're like, oh, there's guy, duh, this guy just told me to give me his wallet. Well, you know, or give 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 him my wallet. What do I do? I'm gonna block his kick. Really? Huh? Huh? <laughs> 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 He just punched exactly. you and stabbed you and took yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, that's just it. It's just, it's, it's hard, you know, and you can teach people these things, but only so much, you know, you can't teach them like when you do, you can tell them things, but you can't, like, if you don't remember to think critically, yeah, I can't tell you it every step of the way when you need to think critically. You know, you, you got to, I need a little engagement here, guys. You got to, you got to help me here. So. Yeah. 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 That's a, I, that's, that's my ideal workplace. That's my dream of what my company looks like. Everybody has plenty of work to do and they have the free time to, um, to do their job better and more efficiently and have a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, some work is just plain work, but it doesn't have to be a bad time. Yeah. Oh, that, that's just it. You know, you, you there's, there's always going to be aspects of every job that you don't like, mm-hmm. you know, that's just a fact of life. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully the, they are outweighed by the work that you do like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so what else we got? So I, I think we're we're steadily approaching our time because we got a little bit started early. We did good today. Do you have anything nifty to close us out on a high note? I do. I do have a nifty. So, you know, right now we're having a hardware shortage around the world. Intel chips, other chips, just getting computers manufactured. You know, it's kind of strange. It's like monitors, monitor, man. I just bought, I bought four monitors, four 27 inch monitors in April. That exact same model, the exact same, not the upgraded, not previous, the exact same model costs $50 more per monitor this month than April. I, I had a, you know, so one of my largest clients in terms of sales these days, I keep on telling them, this is a company with like, I don't know, approaching 200 uh, employees now. They still buy everything one piece on demand. And I've been telling them for years that this is a bad idea. And yet they keep doing it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, this time they said last week, they said, I need four more monitors. I was like, okay, I got a quote. I found one of my distributors had eight of them in stock. I put the, the order in. No, no, the, the, the price was up a little high, but I, but I got them. <laughs> I put in my order for four. I got one. Ugh. By the time I put it in, it was the only one left. And now the three are in back order. I was like, well, now your options are you got to upgrade to 27 inch because that's the only ones we have. And it's going to cost you, you know, X dollars more. Mm -hmm. Or I can get you the same ones uh, for the same price. I can get you these, which are 21 inch smaller. Mm -hmm. What's it going to be? Yeah. Like, I, I, I told you so. I've been telling you so. I tell you so every single time you order something. It's like you need to have at least a few laptops on hand. Have 1% inventory. That mm-hmm. means you should have two laptops, two, two. spare monitors, a couple of keyboards. You know, mm-hmm. you need to have this. Yeah. No, no, we don't want to spend so much money. Like you're spending the money. <laughs> you're spending the money. You know, you're already spending the money. Your only thing you're doing is you are introducing a delay in servicing your end users. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> So that comes to, I've got a problem, I need a solution. So my typical go-to computers are Dell. Um, But I'd been looking for an alternative when I've had a hard time finding Dell. And so I've been, I've become a carbon systems uh, reseller. So that means that I can buy from them directly. They don't sell directly. They only sell through partners. And then um, I... I handle the warranty on them, which I'm not thrilled about that, honestly. Uh, uh, but their warranty process is replacement. So my guys aren't replacing motherboards. So uh, I, they have an Intel NUC and they have the Iridium laptops. And the Intel NUC is obviously Intel. The Carbon Systems Iridium laptop is an Intel-based custom system. I don't know where they're having it manufactured, uh, but it's a light uh, comparable to a Latitude. Uh, By default, it comes with an i7, 16 gig of RAM, and a 500 gig SSD drive, uh, as well as, you know, all the USB, everything's USB-C on it. There are no USB, actually there are USB ports on it, and the HDMI out. So it's got everything Everything that you'd be like, I need in a business laptop is in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the price isn't bad either. It's $1,395 for that okay. laptop. Um, that's what I've been buying for my team. I've been able to, they use a Wavelink uh, USB-C docking station. So we can put the dual monitors on it. I have the guys have a dual monitor system uh, dock at home and at the office. So they just take that laptop back and forth everywhere they go. Hmm. It's light. It's got good battery life. Um, we've had zero problems with it, for, like no driver issues or any compatibility issues. And so we've been really pleased with them. And they'll do all the cool stuff from an IT standpoint of an MSP that you would want. All right, I want Intune set up on this computer. I want, you know, and you provide them the Intune information or, you know, however the other setups that you might want on it. So you could drop ship it directly to a user ready to go. They open That's it up, nice. they enter in their, their office email address and password. The laptop is set up and installs all their stuff exactly as it needs to be. 
they would even do an image on your computer if you were in inclined. I'm, okay. I'm not inclined, but... <laughs> I'm not inclined. <laughs> well, it's just a lot of maintenance to keep up with, and I don't have enough volume to to warrant that. You know, I buy, depending on what's happening, I may buy three this month. I may buy 10 next month, you know, right. so you never know. And, and they're all for different customers. So they, I couldn't have the same image for 40 different clients. And right. <laughs> it's better just to send it out with Intune and go with it. Yep. So, all right. All right. yeah, I've had, and they're, the other thing is they're fast. They're either in stock or they're out of stock. And we only had, we had a delay in from June. So there was a week there that the laptops were unavailable, a couple weeks there actually. Mm -hmm. And then there immediately, but I ordered it on Monday. I've got a laptop sitting here down on the floor for me to program that I got on Wednesday. <laughs> that's a nice turnaround. Yeah. That's, that's better than I want to order this and uh, great. We'll have them to you by November. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the equivalent now there are some Dell's equivalent would be their XPS series, and it's pretty beefy. Yeah, and I I do like the XPS. I bought an XPS for myself and gave it to my daughter to take to college, and she's using it, and it's been bulletproof. Uh, but that thing is two grand for the same yeah. laptop. Uh, yeah. So no, price-wise, you're able to make a decent margin. They're 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 competitive with Dell or Lenovo or others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I make a little bit on it, but hardware is not my not my thing. Service right. is my you know that's where that's where I make my money. I I charge enough for it to be worth my time to do, but not necessarily make it a burden to the client. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like this that, is more or less a handling fee. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Because cool. I've got to, I got to pay for it. I got to wait for them to pay me. Then I got to turn around and pay. You know, there's the administ. I'm taking care of the administrative cost of buying hardware for somebody. Yep. There you go. And that's fair that you should get paid for that. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, it's it's not free. <laughs> no, time ain't free. All right. Well, on that note, I have, uh, I'm running low on my own free time, so I need to get going. So, uh, before we head out, um, since I brought us in, why don't you, uh, show, show, show our listeners, our dear listener, the door. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you to the door. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We do want your feedback. Uh, we would like, if you would like to discuss a particular topic or you'd like us to discuss in more detail a particular topic, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. There's a form fill there. Uh, you could also reach us at our websites. Peter's got a bunch of them. Paradigmcc.com, yogawithpeter.com, friendswithbeer.com. <laughs> yes. And you can reach me at sublimecomp.com. I try to make it simple. <laughs> and then you could probably find us on Twitter too. I like having the whole separation of work from work from personal from personal. <laughs> so, uh, did you wait? Did you? What about Nicolaitis.com? Did you say that one too? Nicolaitis.com. No, I didn't say that one. Oh man! So how can I? How can I separate personal if I don't give you my personal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolaitis.com. Don't forget about that. Well, on that note, I think that it's time that we hit the big red button. 
To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.